Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Uh, this is Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is October the 22nd, and we are continuing to work our way through the book of Acts. Uh, we find ourselves today in Acts chapter number 25. Acts chapter number 25. And um, we're just going to read verses 1 through 10, and we're going to jump in right at verse number 11. Acts chapter 25, we're going to pick up there in verse number 11. Uh, this is my second attempt at this. I did not have any sound in the first time around. There are so many things to remember uh, when recording, and sometimes uh, 6.30 a.m. gets a little early. Um, but uh, let's go ahead. Look in Acts chapter number 25, verse number 1. Now, when Festus was come <clears throat> into the province, after three days he ascended uh, from Jerusalem, from Caesarea to Jerusalem. See that word ascended? You're always going up to Jerusalem, making Aliyah, always going up to Jerusalem. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, you're going up to Jerusalem. Now, of course, the Gentiles, I'm sure they didn't care about that, that verbiage, but to the Jews that meant a lot. Then the high priest and the chief and the Jews formed against Paul and besought him. Uh, and desired favor against him, that he would send for him to Jerusalem, lying in the wait to kill him. Now, you'll remember that um, uh, these Jews had made a vow that they would eat. They would eat, neither eat nor drink until they've killed Paul. And then Paul's sister found out about it. She sent her nephew to Lysias. He told Lysias about it. So the plan was uncovered. But Festus answered and said, But Paul, that Paul should be kept in Caesarea, and that he himself would depart shortly thither. Let them therefore, said he, which are among you who are able, go down with me and accuse this man, if there be any wickedness in him. And when he had tarried among them for more than ten days, he went down into Caesarea, and the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. And you remember the judgment seat is where we get the word bema seat. That's the word judgment. And when he was come, the Jews which came down from Jerusalem uh, bear in mind, they're coming down now. They're coming down from Jerusalem to Caesarea and laid many and grievous complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. <laughs> <laughs> and while he answered for himself, uh, neither any of the law of the Jews, neither against his temple, neither against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. So once again, Paul is declaring his innocence. I haven't done, I'm not guilty of any of the accusations that they are laying against me. But Festus willing to do the Jews a pleasure. There you go. A stinking politician <laughs> answered Paul and said, Wilt thou go up to Jerusalem and be judged of these things before me? There was no way Paul was going back to Jerusalem. He knew what awaited him in Jerusalem. He knew that uh, those Jews were going to come after him uh, once he once he got back in Jerusalem. And I pointed out, uh, I don't know, two minutes ago, <laughs> that uh, you know sometimes you know I am a history teacher and I am a Bible teacher. I know a lot of Bible teachers that could do well to learn history <laughs> because it's it's it to be able to look beyond just the printed page and see what's going on in the background you see as a history teacher i know what's going on in the background this is leading up to what was called the 
the Jewish-Roman War, or the War of the Jews, as Josephus called it. Um, Rome is going through a series of governors who were trying to govern the ungoverned, <laughs> the ungovernable, which was the Jews. I mean, Pilate dealt with it, Festus, Felix, you know, or Felix, then Festus. And we know historically there would be another one named Albinus and there would be another one named Flores. And, you know, the Jews were just a people, as uh, Mayor de Blasio is figuring out right now, that are very difficult <laughs> to govern. They kind of do what they want. It's very strong, the way, that's the way God's made them. Uh, but it would lead up to the War of the Jews, which I think was between 68 and 73, which, you know, was Titus Vespasian coming and destroying the city in 70. Um, so that's all that's going on there. So these governors are being moved by a little bit of fear because they know that there are insurrectionists who are plotting sedition among the Jews. And, and I think they're a little afraid that Paul might be one of them. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that they were completely being being political here. I mean, maybe they were being moved with a little bit of fear because they knew where this was going and they were going to lose their jobs and someone else was going to try it and it's going to end up in a rebellion that the Roman legion is going to have to put down. That would happen in 70 AD. And, of course, they policed the, the city for another three years. Um, so that's what's going on in the background. Uh, then Paul said, I stand at judgment at, at Caesar's judgment, judgment seat. In other words, Paul isn't saying I'm standing in front of Caesar, but I am standing in front of the representative of Caesar. I demand to be judged by Caesar. I'm not going to go back to Rome and be judged by those Jews who have already threatened to kill me, who have already tried to kill me, who have already plotted twice to kill me. Um, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I have done no wrong, as thou very well knowest. In other words, you know I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, for if I be an offender or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. If I've done it, I'll pay it. You know, if I've done the crime, I'll do the time. Uh, but I, but if there be none of these things where the, these accuse me, no man will deliver me unto them. I'm appealing my case to Caesar because I'm not going... Um, back to Jerusalem. Now, what's interesting to me, I think maybe Paul, he knew that God had already called him uh, to go to Rome. Um, and he, you know, the Lord had already came to Paul. Um, and, and I, let's see, where was it? The Lord came to Paul in Acts 23, 11, be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified to me of Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness of me in Rome. So, you know, I figure here, maybe Paul just said, you know what, God's sending me to Rome. Um, I'll just let Rome pay for the transportation because that's where I need to go anyway. God wants me to witness before the capital of the Gentiles because he was the the apostle to the Gentiles. And I, and I talked a little bit yesterday how that Paul, some have translated Paul's actions as being arrogant. Um, I don't think Paul was being arrogant in, in any way. Paul was just... Uh, he was a Roman citizen. He knew what his rights were. He knew that he was entitled to appeal his case to Caesar. Just like today, we have a right to appeal our case. There's nothing wrong with the Christian standing up for what he believes in. Because you know what? If we don't do it, then our children are going to have to do it. 
And if they don't do it, our grandchildren are going to have to do it. There's nothing wrong with standing up. I get tired of these weak-spined Christians making it sound like the church needs to lay down and let the world run over them today. I don't think that at all. You know, just like in these, this election that's going on right now, I, I don't even get me going on that. But listening to Christians, well, I just, I just can't vote for an ungodly man. You're not calling a pastor. You're not, you're not calling a Sunday school teacher. You're calling a ruler. <laughs> you're, you're calling a, a, a leader. And if you got the choice between one of the two, you know, I tell people it's not about personalities. It's about parties. It's it's not about individual people because the two guys at the top of the ticket, they're older than dirt. I mean, realistically, you know, I mean, they'll be dead in 10 years. I mean, are pretty close to it. But the parties and the platforms are still going to be there. You're voting for the future of a nation. Don't hide behind some kind of, you know, I just can't vote for him because, you know, bad man. You know, I just, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I think I might have gotten to a rant yesterday how, you know, people say, well, I'm an independent, you know. If you're a Christian, you know, and you're setting scripture beside of a party platform, you can only vote one bet one way, buddy. I mean, <laughs> I mean if you want to hide behind a, I'm an independent, you know, just to kind of act like you're neutral. I mean, one of those groups, there's no way that that what they believe aligns with the clear teachings of Scripture. And as long as one of those parties, maybe not even 100%, but if their party more so aligns with what I believe, I'm going to I'm going to vote that way. And I I don't I don't have a problem with that. I mean, Paul realized his citizenship. Paul used his citizenship. He knew he was speaking before ungodly men, but he used them to get where he knew God wanted him to be. And then notice verse number 12. I don't know why I got off on that. I guess that's because what we're dealing with today. <laughs> you remember when I was dealing with the the Pharisees and the Sadducees? The Pharisees were the Republicans, and the Sadducees uh, were the uh, <laughs> were the Democrats because um, they were sad. You see, that's the saddest group of people. Anyway, uh, verse number twelve. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, "Hast thou appealed unto Caesar? To Caesar thou shalt go." So Festus had no choice but to honor Paul's request because Paul was a Roman citizen. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came into Caesarea uh, to salute Festus. Uh, now, now we're, we're introduced to Agrippa. This is actually Agrippa II, and his wife is Bernice. Um, what's interesting here is that some people will say, that, well, the Scripture never really points out that Bernice was his wife. He was just with Bernice. Um, that's Many believe that she was actually his sister. And that he was having an incestuous relationship with her. So that was already creating a little bit of scandal. But, you know, the Romans, they, you know, they, uh, they did a lot of things that would uh, raise eyebrows. Uh, Agrippa, he, he, Agrippa's father, you remember, this is Agrippa II. Agrippa's father was the one that killed James and fell over dead 
for not giving glory to God back in Acts chapter number 12. And so if Agrippa the first was Agrippa's father, then that means Herod the Great would have been his grandfather. So he come from a uh, pretty strong line there. Um, interesting, in regards to Bernice, um, I don't think I got into it in my notes here. Um, here, Josephus is what I was looking at, looking at. She began a love affair with the future emperor Titus Vespasianus. He was the one that finally came into the city in 70 AD. However, her unpopularity among the Romans compelled Titus to dismiss her on his accession as emperor in 79. Uh, but um, so just a little background there in regards to who they were. Uh, some people think that Agrippa and Bernice were having an incestuous relationship and they were actually uh, brothers and sisters. <laughs> and she apparently tried to fix that later by, um, you know, uh, marrying Titus, uh, but that didn't work. Um, so, um, um, and of course, we don't know anything about her beyond that. And then in verse number 14, and when they had been there many days, Festus declares Paul's cause unto the king, saying, There is a certain man left in bonds by Felix, about whom, when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders and the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him. To whom I answered, It is not the manner of Romans to deliver any man to die, before that he which is accused have the accusers face to face and have license to answer for himself concerning the crime that has been laid against him. Therefore, when they were come hither without any delay on the morrow, I sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought forth. So now Festus is just recounting uh, to Agrippa and Bernice, bringing them up to speed on Paul's case. Notice that he says that Paul should have seen his accusers face to face. This never happened, as we've talked about. It was the Jews that came from Asia that accused Paul of not of teaching against the law of Moses and circumcision and the customs. And they never once appeared before Felix. They never once appeared before Festus. The only one standing before him on all three of those, those occasions where the, were the religious leaders who were mad that Paul was preaching the resurrection. That's what they, they wanted him killed because he taught the resurrection. I think at this point, they didn't care about the law of Moses or the customs or the circumcision. They wanted him dead because he was preaching the resurrection. And understand the resurrection was condemning to them because if Christ really did raise from the dead, every, everything that he taught, everything that his apostles taught, everything that Paul taught was true, which would make them murderers, and, and they, they might have very well killed the Son of God. That angered them more than anything else. That's, and unfortunately, Rome wasn't going to kill Paul because he was preaching the resurrection. So they were caught in the middle. Um, those who were pressing the issue were merely those that did not like Paul's message in regard to the resurrection. Now, notice in verse 18, against whom, when the accusers stood up, they brought none accusation as such as of such as I supposed. In other words, Festus saying they didn't bring anything that violated Roman law, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition. <laughs> so Felix, Festus, they're all realizing this. This is all about 
their Jewish beliefs, their, quote, uh, superstitions, and of one Jesus, which was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. Uh, so, in other words, Paul was not accused of anything that the Romans would have given two rips about. Instead, he, just like Felix, saw that the accusations had nothing to do with the laws of the Romans and had everything to do with Jewish superstition and this guy Jesus, who Paul is saying came back from the dead. Now, again, the Jews were merely upset with Paul for preaching the resurrection. Remember that word superstition? We studied that. Um, the meaning of the word means belief in the spirit world. That alone uh, irked the Sadducees because the Sadducees did not believe in the afterlife. As you remember, it was the Pharisees that sided with Paul once he he cited the, the resurrection. Uh, and then in verse 20, uh, And because I doubted of such manner of questions, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and be judged of these matters. But when Paul had appealed, appealed to be reserved unto the hearing of Augustus, Caesar, I commanded him to be kept until I might send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would also hear the man myself tomorrow, said he. Thou shalt hear him. Uh, now Festus has roused Agrippa's curiosity, and he wants to question Paul as well. And on the morrow, when Agrippa was come, and Bernice with great pomp, and was entered into the place of hearing with the chief captains and the principal men of the city, at Festus's commandment, Paul was brought forth. Um, and Festus said, King Agrippa, and all men which are here present with us, ye see this man, about whom the multitude of the Jews have dealt with me, both at Jerusalem and also here, crying that he ought not to live any longer. But when I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and that he himself had appealed, appealed to Augustus, I have determined to send him, of whom I have no certain thing to write unto my Lord. Wherefore, I have brought him forth unto you, and specially before thee, O King Agrippa, that thou, after examination, had I might have somewhat to write. In other words, Festus is making it very clear that he has found nothing to charge Paul with, and that he has nothing to write to Augustus Caesar. <laughs> I don't know what to write. Uh, so he implores Agrippa to come up with something. Remember that Paul had been given the option to go back to Jerusalem or face this and face the circus there or appeal to Caesar. So he appeals to Caesar. And here in verse 27, For it seemeth unto me, Festus says, unreasonable to send a prisoner and not withal to signify the crimes laid against him. So he's saying it would be strange for me to have a man standing before Caesar with a charge that was never officially leveled against him. Um, I'm sure Festus knew if that was to happen, uh, it would not reflect positively on his resume. <laughs> so again, the whole thing was a joke, but God was using the stupidity of man to do his will in Paul's life and taking the gospel of grace to Rome, the capital of the Gentile world at that time. Wow, I think we actually might have gotten a study on video, on audio, the whole nine yards. So uh, 
Hey, uh, Engineer775, God bless you, Scott. Good to see you. There you are. Thank you for letting me know that the previous recording was not, had no sound. Have you had time to dig into the history of the Paulicians? I have, and man, I am, I'm, uh, it's that Paulicians, I've always pronounced it Paulicians, Paulicians, Paulicians. Uh, I know that they go back, and I have, and I, I am, I'm almost ready to declare that I am a Paulician, uh, to be honest with you. Um, they, the, I, I never knew that, that part of the history, but of course it makes sense why they were called Paulicians, because they were following the teachers of Paul, the teachings of Paul. I found it to be very, very interesting. Um, yes, I have. And I think it's an awesome history. I think I posted it on my Facebook page. I have. And at this point, I'm completely uh, sold on it. Um, uh, so uh, they were the followers of Paul, and they paid the price, and they honored the writings of Paul. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've had a time to look at it. You know, I'd really like to not only – to me – once I've studied it, once I've embraced it, it never really becomes real to me until I've taught it. <laughs> you know, once you teach it, it becomes an, a different thing. And I, I would like to address that one day. But I, I have found that to be very interesting, that, that, uh, that supposition in regards to the Paulicians. And again, I think I've got that on my Facebook page if you guys want to take a look at it. But uh, God bless you guys. We have wrapped up uh, chapter number 25 uh, tomorrow uh, will be chapter 26, Paul giving a defense before Agrippa. And before you know it, we're going to be through with the book of Acts. God bless you. I hope you have a great day.